Hi, I'm Jayan Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's analysis podcast. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this podcast on Thursday, the 16th of April, and I'm happy to report that we are not recording this podcast on Zoom. That is the wildly popular video conference app that's become even more popular since COVID-19 became a part of our lives. And uh, not that it's not that it's very important or applies to us, but the government, the Home Ministry today has declared it unsafe to use Zoom. So we don't normally use Zoom anyway, but um, I'm here again with Suhasni Haider and uh, Jacob Koshi, our regular guests on this daily update show. And guys, uh, I guess given the popularity that Zoom has gained over the past few weeks, um, just as people have been in in isolation and have been uh, away from work, I guess that makes this our biggest story of the day and something that we have to lead with first up. So, Suhasini, let's start with that. What are these guidelines exactly? Well, uh, this is the Ministry of Home Affairs that put out the guidelines for ministries and then shared that with the media. Uh, remember, they're based actually on uh, their own cyber security um, uh, centers, putting that advisory out uh, as far back as March 30th, where um, uh, they had said that Zoom as a um, as a tool for video conferencing is not safe. Uh, so this isn't actually something new, uh, but it certainly is something that uh, the, the Ministry of Home Affairs now wants ministries to really take very seriously. Because in the past, of course, we've seen some famous uh, Indian leaders using Zoom uh, to speak to thing uh, to speak to other leaders. We have that famous screenshot of the defense minister speaking to the 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 uh, uh, you know the uh, General Rawat on uh, Zoom as well. Uh, we understand actually across the government, ministries have been using this as a tool because, of course, it it accommodates so many more people and has all these features. So what the Ministry of Home Affairs guidelines is essentially saying is that for official work, this is not recommended at all. And for others, please look at the kind of advisories that have already been put out. Take your security measures. Always have a password uh, when you start a Zoom chat. Always ensure that there is a waiting room where you can put people who uh, participants who you don't recognize or can't identify. Um, and basically asking people to be aware that uh, these chats can be saved, can actually um, be shared with people who are unauthorized. Um, so, so that was the Ministry of Home Affairs' uh, advisory today, uh, which they then put out, um, basically quoting the Cyber Coordination Center. Uh, and uh, the the reason it's caught everyone um, caught everyone's imagination, if you like, is because everybody, all journalists certainly, who have been dealing with ministries for the last few weeks. I uh, know yeah. that they've been doing press briefings on it. We were on a press briefing today where they actually had to say, I'm sorry, we can't identify uh, some of you, so we're going to put you in the waiting room. But apparently uh, for the Ministry of Home Affairs, even that is not enough. They want people to look for other platforms. Right. So I think I read in the release also that the specific concern is that um, though the company is US-based, some of the software kind of has its origins in China. Um well, actually, the more kind of uh, the more point of curiosity thing I had is that um, doesn't don't government officials like especially the defense ministry and all have their own kind of 
porters and channels to have this communication like i somehow it's strange for me to think of them using like skype and stuff <laughs> but uh, yeah think, i'm just yes, just asking yes, yeah they do and uh, we were told very clearly a few weeks ago when the prime minister held a, a high level meeting that the prime minister was using the nic's own uh, um, uh, national informatics center's own uh, video conferencing device um i presume yeah. the difference here is firstly that uh, the device the the, the uh, software that is kept right now by the nic is essentially in government uh, settings and probably only deals with a few top level officials uh, whereas this was giving everybody a chance to uh, to uh, dial into the platform uh, but uh, the guidelines that were shared today which were actually put out by the ministry of home affairs to the government officials on april 12th a very clear it's a 15 page advisory uh, and it begins with the words zoom is not a safe platform uh, so it's uh, uh, it's 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 very clear about what they want uh, the government to do they want um, uh, actually all official uh, usage of the of the program to stop okay let's before we move on to the antibody testing i think we need to get an update again on um, one of our favorite uh, running themes in this podcast hydroxychloroquine what's uh, what's the situation on the exports well according to government sources um, the government has actually now gone into their third list of countries that they are giving um, uh, that they are uh, clearing for the export of hydroxychloroquine as we've been saying hcq is essentially this anti malarial drug that is in demand worldwide ever since the us president said this could be a game changer still not proven yet um but remains uh, something that many countries want the government is now cleared exports to 55 countries jet um uh, 54 or 55 countries many of them are in the neighborhood uh, many in africa latin america uh, but the largest consignment so far have gone to the us brazil uh, to canada and germany uh and the government is now continuing they're saying that not only is the the chloroquine uh, tablets in demand also paracetamol uh, and these are now being facilitated um uh, you know some of them are actually going by commercial cargo many of them are just air india is is running the cargo as a sort of gift to the nation that is importing these drugs uh so uh, the the plan to uh, to send out hcq to the the world is very much on track and the government says it hopes uh, this will show that india is really a dependable supplier for the world it's often been called the pharmacy of the world so uh, so uh, the government is quite proud of the way they've been able to move these uh, consignments out so quickly uh, jacob the other big news of uh, consignments actually coming in today is the testing kits from china which is uh, the number is 6.5 lakhs um, on its way or has reached uh, today i think from china these are rapid antibody testing kits which um, the icmr has made clear we have also discussed on this podcast that these are not for diagnosing covid-19 um and it's more for surveillance getting an idea of what is the situation in different areas but i think it's it's worth going through uh, that again given that these uh, test kits have reached today what can we actually expect from antibody test kits so antibody test kits again uh, they are the ones which check for antibodies to the virus now as reassuring that sounds as in the, in the sense that you know uh, this will tell us if some people if some of us are immune or some of us have had an infection 
and therefore have relatively fewer chances of getting reinfected again. This does not do anything of that, as even the ICMR clarified in its uh, press briefing today. It is just useful as a surveillance tool. That is to check the level of infection that that could probably be present, you know, in a particular area, especially in a hotspot or in a containment zone. That's because the error margins that are associated with uh, uh, antibody tests. So we're not really clear which, uh, I mean, what the specific details of these tests, but what uh, we were told in the ICMR press conference today was that the specificity that shows the number of false positives and the sensitivity that shows the number of false negatives is about 80%. Now, that could, in theory, mean that there is a 20% chance that somebody who is sick, will, uh, somebody who is infected might be told that he is not infected or somebody who is not infected would be told that the person is infected. 20% in large populations can mean uh, massive numbers. And, you know, depending on how these, uh, you know, these uh, sampling processes done, it could lead to errors, which is why even the ICMR recommends them not for diagnostic purposes. However, they are, they are good tools to get a vague sense of what is happening in the community. Secondly, in terms of the antibodies produced, it also does, it only just shows that antibodies are being produced. It does not necessarily mean that these antibodies that are produced will actually, are actually those which protect you or, or you know, would make you immune to another reinfection. Because as you've discussed earlier too, these are questions that actually can be answered once the crisis part of a pandemic is over and researchers look more closely at what SARS-CoV-2 is all about, what are the kinds of, uh, uh, you know, reactions it produces in the body. So again, it is just a purely statistical exercise, though there's been a lot of uh, uh, demand that, you know, this should come. Ultimately, the gold standard of testing still remains the RT-PCR test because it's only they that seem to have, uh, you know, can reliably measure for the levels of infection in the body, uh, levels of viral load in the body. Today, the ICMR said that it is now conducted, it, it has been able to do about 30,000 tests a day. And if it wants to, it can do double shifts and test nearly 80,000 samples uh, samples a day. However, it still, uh, it still says that, you know, there is really no need or there is, it is not practically feasible in, in a country like India to just ramp up testing to such an extent that ev anybody and everybody who wants a test can, can do so. However, they, they gave some statistics too. That is for in India when they, it takes 22 tests or 22 people to be tested for one to come out positive. And in Japan, it is 11. And in the US, it is six or, you know, some numbers that, that sort. However, th this was the point. They gave this number to argue that each country has different rates of spread, different peculiarities that make different levels of testing uh, 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 more suitable. Also, because India is, again, not a, not really a manufacturer of, you know, secondary components that are required in all kinds of tests. It is dependent on the on the larger world for a lot of key regions, for key equipment, which right, right now the whole world is clamoring for, you know, these same kinds of tests. And demand and supply is a major problem, which also governs why uh, countries choose to, choose to conduct the kind of tests that they do. So all in all... Antibody tests are good. They might give us a sense of what is 
happening in different clusters and hotspots, but it is still no panacea to the kinds of spreads and infections that we are seeing. We are still, again, doubling at, our doubling time is still five to six days, and we are at 12,000 odd tests. Our, uh, you know, if I've just been correct, our deaths are somewhere 433. We have only about 16, 1655 people who have recovered, which is a 3.3% uh, recovery. So we still have a long way to go. And May 3rd, as we've again discussed before, is not really some ultimate deadline. It is just another date that is shifting goalposts, so to say. So I just wanted to ask you one question. Um, mm-hmm. Is the ICMR actually, um, do they think that these rapid uh, test kits are a big deal? I know that uh, a lot of people, a lot of commentators who have been calling for a long time saying we need to do more tests and we need to do rapid testing, yeah. etc., that it's a, this is an exciting thing for them. Does the ICMR actually, do they give you the impression that they think that this is like a big game changer? No, in fact, as we discussed, you know, the ICMR actually wants to play down IC, uh, the role of rapid antibody tests. The rapid, the, right. only ch- the only charm about these tests are, is that they are rapid. So you can get a sense in 15 minutes. Yeah. However, they are telling you something else, which is different from what a proper RT-PCR test. They are, the, the ICMR and they are following WHO recommendations on this is that, you know, these are great to be used only in research settings. And you have to use antibody tests in combination with an RT-PCR test to get a sense of uh, of, of infection. It is more like, a, you know, an auxiliary tool that can be, that can, that should actually help you with, uh, with testing and uh, increased attention to uh, containment. And so, Asini, a lot of the talk these last few days has been about uh, getting imports from China, both uh, for these rapid antibody tests as well as for personal protective equipment or PPE. Um, I just wanted to know what the what is what is the government saying about actually looking for other countries uh, from which we could uh, get these imports, or are we extremely reliant on China at the moment? Um, well, I mean, the, the the truth is that the government is expecting to. Um, bring in uh, not only the testing kits, but also certain PPEs and, and, and other things. Uh, the questions that have been asked are essentially about whether at this time India should be bringing these in from China. Uh, and uh, what the government is saying to us is really that, uh, that uh, they are uh, not only checking each of the suppliers uh, out of China, but they're also getting uh, quotes, uh, comparative quotes from other countries as well, from Southeast Asia. Uh, and uh, and other such suppliers. Um, I, I should point out that amongst other things today, the Chinese embassy itself came out with a statement talking about uh, the allegations that it was producing subgrade stuff or that many of its um, products, especially PPE kits, had not passed testing and said that we are ourselves trying, the government in China is trying uh, to ensure that there is a stricter quality control, but we ask that anyone actually ordering also uh, uh, verifies the sources that they are uh, getting these supplies from. Uh, so that was interesting that uh, China is clearly watching some of the commentary about um, uh, the, the quality of its um, products and saying that please use uh, proper diplomatic channels, please use qualified companies and uh, use uh, products that are certified by Chinese regulatory authorities. That's what the Chinese embassy said today. Okay. Jacob, uh, lastly, one point. Uh, we, have some, we have a report from uh, the health ministry that says that the um, 
sorry, let me just pull up the numbers again. That the fatality rate is 3.3%? Uh, 3.3% and the recovery rate is um, uh, 12%. Uh, what what do those numbers mean? Is that is that meant as a kind of comparison with um, other countries? Uh, yes, but the thing is, uh, I'm not really sure. They they did not give any comparative figures for other countries. It just shows that you know right. what uh, the speed at which uh, recoveries are taking place. But uh, ultimately, it just shows that you know there is still a the 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 odds of getting an infection and uh, staying sick from it are, are are far more than you know somebody actually being admitted and you know getting uh, getting getting okay. We are not told, for instance, this three uh, three in three point three percent. What is the age profile or the or whether you know what are the odds of you know somebody who is above sixty five or seventy uh, recovering from it? It is very well known that you know eighty five or eighty to ninety percent of those who fall sick, you know, uh, will recover quite you know, without sans complications. So 3.3% is a good number, which it is, it, it is low in the sense that it does show that whatever, that there is some, that, that, that there is some improvement happening in terms of uh, recoveries. But overall, it is not really meaningful or, you know, a reference to really uh, hold on to. Right. Okay. I guess, uh, I guess that's uh, enough to discuss today. And I will uh, see you both as usual tomorrow. Thank you for right. joining me. Today. Jayant, and okay. thank, uh, thanks so much. And I, I did want to make uh, the point that the government is uh, actually renewing its appeals on the coronavirus itself, telling people not to stigmatize those who have uh, uh, somehow contracted the virus, not to make it about uh, either them or about uh, their, uh, you know, their religion or class or caste or anything else and, and not trying to stigmatize them. Um, and uh, there are more and more cases coming out now. Uh, so this is going to be important going forward. Right. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for that addition, Swasni. We'll end it there. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye. Good night. Bye.